0: Welcome to The Kingstonian, a podcast that profiles individuals who are passionate about what they do for a living, about what organization they belong to, or simply passionate about the community they are a part of. Hello there and welcome. My name is Dave Cunningham. Whether it be by plane, train, or automobile, we're always on the lookout for an adventure, one that we can afford. Cost is just one issue. And in this episode, we speak with someone who can help us put a plan together. Our guest today is Lori Sweet. Lori, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Dave. I'm thrilled to be here.
0: We are going to be talking travel, making memories, doing it smart, and trying to remember the fun that you had on your trip. And by way of introduction to a certain extent, I'll mention to the folks listening that you do have a website. It's called Voyage Writers. And we'll repeat that at the end of the program, but I thought I'd mention it off the top so people can go and grab a pencil and paper and write that down if they want to follow up and get more information on just what you do. So you were a teacher in this area.
1: I was. I was a teacher in the Limestone District School Board for 30 years. Best career ever. And where did you teach? Well, a lot of different schools, but the very last teaching placement was 12 years at Henderson Public School.
0: And so there are probably a lot of people listening who may remember your name as being the teacher of their children.
1: Uh, Very, very likely, yes. It's Uh, Mrs. Sweet.
0: We are going to... As I said, talk about traveling and the experiences that you have had, and perhaps we can use some of those experiences to help people as they look down the road or planning their own trips. Uh, Just to give people an idea of your credibility when it comes to traveling, give us a sense as to uh, how many trips would you take in the course of a year?
1: Um, in the last uh, probably five years since I retired from teaching, I take on an average of 10 to 13 trips a year.
0: 10 to 13. Yeah. That's a lot of trips. It is. No matter who you are. Yeah. You write about these trips after the fact, and you also do, what shall we call it? It's a clip is what you call mm-hmm. it. It's a 90-second it's a little bit that goes on. Popcan Radio. Correct. And it talks about various aspects of traveling, and we'll talk a bit more about that and mm-hmm. how you got into that mm-hmm. a bit later on. Where did the bug for traveling come from?
1: That's a really good question. I've always enjoyed traveling. I My earliest memories were my parents taking us On camping trips and we would take the week before March break the week of and the week after and we'd head down to Florida and we would do all sorts of things together as a family and I always remember those trips and I remember my mother keeping a journal about those trips and introducing me to journaling about the trips Mm -hmm. so that was sort of my earliest bug and I did it as often as I could over the years.
0: Now, I don't really know the statistics, and you may know them yourself, but when it comes to people doing trips, particularly trips that are overseas, I'm thinking one trip a year or one trip every couple of years Is that the average, or do you have a sense?
1: It seems to be about one big trip every couple of years. They might do some smaller trips, um, maybe within their own province, for instance, if we're talking about Canada. But in general, it's usually about every couple of years they'll do a big trip.
0: Now, when it comes to uh, remembering your trip, and I'll use myself as an example, so my wife and I just came back from a two-week cruise from San Diego through the Panama Canal and up to Fort Lauderdale, and I'm back at home, and I've got a couple of hundred pictures I'm playing with, and the difficulty is trying to remember where this picture came from, and fortunately for me, the software on my computer will tell me where the picture came from. When you talk about people and taking trips, is it picture taking that's more important or journaling that's more important?
1: Wow. Um, I would say the picture taking. I do both, of course. And uh, the very last trip I was on, many of the people on the trip noticed I was jotting things down everywhere and taking photos and they were thrilled because they said oh now I don't have to remember as much because I'm just going to go to your website and read the (laughs) article about it
0: (laughs) traveling keeping Uh, a journal
1: uh keeping a journal probably about oh gosh well now you want me to give you my age away I've probably been journaling about trips for probably 50 years
0: yeah Okay, so when you were a kid. Yeah, starting absolutely, back, right when, from the get-go. Right do you find that when you were either taking pictures or writing notes down, and you do both, mm-hmm. that that distracts from enjoying what you're seeing and doing when you're on the trip?
1: Um, it does have its moments, but... I'm at the point now where I can, you know, jot some shorthand down and then when I get back to the hotel that night or say we're on a bus trip or on some transportation, I might take just a couple of minutes just to write a few more things down. Um and I tend to look up things all the time before the trip, during the trip and after the trip meaning on the uh, on the internet if I've got Wi-Fi at all. Mm-hmm. Um and I've got a few minutes. I'll jot down the basics because I'm afraid I am going to forget.
0: Mm -hmm. I noticed that too because my wife does journal when we're on a trip and she'll sit down on the bus and write down notes that pertain to the particular part of the trip we've been on. Let's go back to the beginning when people are sitting down and looking at the idea of going somewhere on a trip. So they are planning and I guess the first topic they would be looking at would be destination. Where am I going to go? Yeah, your exactly. advice in terms of picking a destination. What's the rule of thumb that you use, or you've seen people use? Uh,
1: really, how much how much time do I have? Right. Because you will have to take some travel time to even get there. Right. Um, you know, was there a reason for going there? Is it because I want relaxation, just some R and R, or am I going for a cultural trip, or a little bit of both? So certainly look at that and look at money because, um, you know, going to Europe, the euro is expensive. Mm-hmm. Now going even to the United States, our dollar really tanked and it, it's, right. it's you've got to look at how much your money's, how far your money's going to go regardless.
0: Now, when it comes to planning a trip to certain parts of the globe, how much does safety come into the planning
1: um, safety is really important. And not only your personal safety, but for instance, we just came back from Thailand. And we did that on an organized tour. And one of the main reasons was because Thailand's a, a, a fairly big country, but it, there's so many things to see. And we only had so much time to be away. But I was also concerned about the food. Okay. And I'm going with a professional Who actually is from Thailand, and they the our guide was really good about telling us I would not eat at any of the street vendors. It's not necessarily that the food is quote bad; it's just different bacteria,s and you don't want what they call Thai tummy, and it's going to ruin your trip. Um, But I also have been to other places where uh, other countries, you know, even the United States, for instance. You just need to be smart. Right. And I do my research before. I go to the Canadian uh, consulate website to see, to get all of that contact information, to set up warnings. So if there is something happening in that country, you will get that warning while you're there or before you go. Um, I think just awareness. Um, I don't know if there's right at this point any place in the world I wouldn't necessarily go uh, there's too many places that I want to go that I don't have to go into a war torn country, let's put it that way. So, yeah, lots of consideration there.
0: One of the issues that came up when we were on our trip and we've experienced before is that if you're on a cruise ship, for instance, and you dock at a certain port— there are going to be people who are there who want to sell you something, some sort of souvenir. Mm-hmm. And in some places, they are more aggressive than others. Absolutely. And, and the challenge is if you don't have an organized excursion when you get off the ship, then how far away from the ship do you wander? And I don't know how you judge that. Do you, is it simply a conversation with the people on the ship or how do you get a handle on how safe it is?
1: What I do before I go on, whether it's a cruise or an organized tour or just go on my own, I go online and I read reviews and I read other people's blogs. Um, the more you read, you're going to find somebody who's honest because it's not all roses. Right. Um, my personal philosophy, when I do a cruise, for instance, I only do the organized tours for a couple of reasons. One, because ostensibly they're... Vetted by the cruise company. Mm-hmm. Second, if something happens on that trip and the bus breaks down and they can't get you back to the ship in time, that will be relayed to the ship and they'll deal with it. But if you're on your own, that's your problem. You're out of luck. And you yep. read so many stories of of people being hurt on side excursions or it didn't turn out to be what it was supposed to be, et cetera. They have no recourse. Uh, that's just my personal philosophy. Yep. But if you do a lot of reading before, you'll be able to sort of pick what feels good for you.
0: When you're talking about going on a trip, do you have a sense as to what the average length of the trip is for most people when they do go overseas, for instance?
1: Um, That's that's a really good question. I... I basically look at how long I have, and then I'll go online and, say, and literally put in Google, for instance, um, 10 days in France, and you're going to get all sorts of recommendations for what you could do in 10 days in France. I also do look at organized tour companies, even if I'm not going to use one, because they generally have the best itinerary set out. That's, that's mm-hmm. my background research before I go.
0: Now, when it comes to uh, looking at the length of time, using myself as an example, so this last cruise was the longest one that we have taken, 15 days, and we found that to be a little too long, and I'm thinking a lot of that was because we spent six or seven days of that trip at At sea, just going from point A to point B. So then it becomes a case of what sorts of activities does the cruise ship offer you when you are on the ship? Or what sort of activities Mm -hmm. can you do to occupy your time when you are on the ship?
1: Exactly. Uh, They say the average of 10 days is really good. Two weeks if you're on land because you've got a week where you're starting to decompress from your daily life. And that last week you are just relaxed and enjoying it. And when you're on land, you can go various places. On a ship, you're kind of uh, you are trapped to what their schedule is. That many at sea days um, is not my favorite thing. I've only ever gone on cruises where I had no more than two back to back at sea days, Mm -hmm. and then by the time we got to say another single sea day, you were ready for it because the in between time you've been off the ship, you've been busy been doing your things. Um, Again, it depends on the cruise line. If you're on one of the companies that is smaller and they don't necessarily have as many different activities, that's certainly a consideration. Mm -hmm. And some of the activities are extra. So for instance, I went on a, a cruise to the Bahamas in March and one of the extra things we did at the, one of the at sea days is a blind wine tasting. Oh, but you have to pay extra for that. Right. So, you know, you've got to take those things into consideration as well.
0: Sounds like one of the activities I would enjoy doing.
1: It was very enjoyable.
0: <laughs> the, when, it, when it comes to organized trips off the beaten track, you tend to do a lot of off the beaten track kind of things, or mm. some? And how do you, is it just research that you do to figure out? where I can go and do those off-the-beaten-track kind of trips?
1: Yeah, we're we're not so much, we I, because my husband travels with me a lot, we're not so much the off-the-beaten-track kind of people. We're, um, we know in general what we'd like to see. We look at recommendations online and from other people that have traveled and then plan accordingly. So, for instance, we did our own trip through France two years ago. Flew into Paris, rented a car. We were gone for uh, 14 days, uh, booked Airbnbs or smaller hotels all along and drove, were in each place for a couple of days, did a bunch of activities. Wasn't off the beaten path, but it certainly wasn't an organized tour. It was just us. So Just driving around. Just driving around in France.
0: Okay, Laurie, uh, talking about traveling and... At some particular point, you decided to get a bit more serious about the business of journaling and about doing these clips we talked about earlier. And they, again, can be found on your website at Voyage Writers. Now, tell us how you got into that, that part of it.
1: The journaling or the radio part or the clip part? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the journaling, um, I had always kept journals, as I said, and as as I got into later years of teaching and I was doing more travel on March break and over the summer and at Christmas, I was always looking for ways to incorporate What I was learning where I was traveling into my lessons because I taught English, science, and health, but you know, it was a whole combination of things. And I was, for instance, one trip I was in Paris and we're going up the Eiffel Tower and I'm clicking away with my camera. And my husband said, Are you actually going to see the Eiffel Tower other than the camera? And I said, Yeah, I'm sure I will, but. I'm teaching forces on structure in science. This is perfect. (laughs) And then we did a helicopter ride another time down through the Grand Canyon. And again, I'm doing the same thing. And he made the same comment. I said, yes, but I'm teaching rocks and minerals. So it, it, it was a good combination and a good fit. And as an English teacher, I also had the students keep journals. And often a student might be away from school for a week or so because they were going on a family trip and parents would ask me for homework and I would say to them you know what I'd love them to do one or two journal entries and you know maybe bring back a couple of brochures well the kids were thrilled for that kind of homework and they really connected with what they did mm-hmm. so as I was heading towards the end of uh, my teaching career people were constantly asking me for travel trips and all that other kind of stuff so That's when I became more interested in the writing part, and I look back at my journals and think, well, I have tons of information here. I'll move that into a bigger article. In trying to get out, because uh, writing is very isolating when you're at home, and I'd been a teacher for 30 years and with a bunch of people, I joined a local business group in Kingston, and one of the members of that group happened to be the producer at PopCan Media, he said he, so he's the one that invited me to try to do the clips.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's what you've been doing ever since.
1: I have been doing both ever since. And my idea behind the clip is that I want to give you a little information that you can walk away with, whether it's a destination or a tip, but maybe have it as a bit of a teaser that you'd like to go to the website after and read more about that.
0: Right. Makes sense. Yeah. So it's not just tips about where to go. It's tips about how to get there and the things you need to do in advance. Absolutely. So let's just focus on one of those ideas mm-hmm. for a second. <clears throat> the business of packing your suitcase. Right. So if you were going on a 15-day trip, and I know that I struggle to figure out, okay, how many shirts do I take? How many pairs of socks? Mm-hmm. All those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And how big a suitcase am I looking at lugging around when I get to the airport? Right. So your tips in terms of packing the suitcase in terms of clothes.
1: Um. Definitely mix and match. Definitely materials that do not wrinkle or don't, you know, will, the wrinkles will fall out when you hang them. But probably the number one thing I do is I use packing cubes.
0: Packing cubes.
1: Packing cubes. They are material. And you literally, so if you've got your shirts, you've, I roll, I'm a person that rolls. Some people fold, whatever. But I roll roll. all my shirts, all my tops, and put them in one packing cube. It zips up, and they now have compression ones where there's a second zipper. And so I get to my destination. Not only is my suitcase neat, I can take out the package I want that only has tops. I'm not digging and sorting through everything.
0: Organizes your suitcase. It
1: completely organizes it. I can get a lot into a smaller space, now, most of the time, I do travel with carry-on only, which makes people very anxious. Um, a cruise, <laughs> a cruise. I will tell you, I don't do carry-on only because they have evening events that mm. you know. When dress. I dress up for, yeah. uh, and but I did go somewhat minimalist this last time, and um, only brought one pair of dress shoes, one pair of. Casual shoes are a big item. That's right. Uh, and I kind of goofed up and I brought two left feet of my dress shoes. Oh, yeah. My daughter thought it was hilarious. Me, not so much, uh, because my next down shoes were not nice with a, a nice dress. Um, I made it through. Uh, honestly, <laughs> you know, the 4,000 people or whatever on a cruise ship are not really looking at your shoes.
0: <laughs> no, no. That's that's a big thing with a lot of people is figuring out just how much stuff to bring when you exactly. do that. Do you uh, wash stuff in the sink of the bathroom in the cruise ship?
1: I have never done that. Really? I have when I've been to a place like Peru or Ecuador where it's a bit, it's it's turned out to be warmer than I'd anticipated. Um, and, you know, I might rinse out one or two things, but I rarely wash anything while i'm away um i just i have enough of everything and it's inter you know like i you know black is the base yeah black is the base a material that's in synthetic unfortunately people that um, can't wear some of the synthetics do have a bit more of a problem Mm -hmm. but uh, i tell you traveling with carry-on only is it really frees you up
0: right Scary to think about. Well,
1: it does take some getting used to, and of course, there's all the um, regulations with the amount of liquid and Mm -hmm. things. uh, You have to rethink that, but uh, if you can do it, it's uh, and you're not deprived. Believe me, when you're at home, you think you are. Oh no, I have to have that. I often take stock even with what I bring and carry on and say, you know what, I didn't end up needing that or I didn't use That's that. That's
0: right. That's what I found, too, when I got back. There was stuff I never used when I was away. We have a couple of minutes left. and let's uh, do a quick review or overview of some of the places interesting that you visited, that have visited, and what you would suggest people put on their possible itinerary.
1: On their itinerary. Well, the last couple of years, we've really looked at where in the world are things changing? So for instance, um, four years ago, three years ago, sorry, we went to Machu Picchu in Peru. Right. It was always on our list, but not necessarily at you know this t- point, but we kept hearing that they were going to s- start really cutting down on the number that pe- of people that went because it was becoming damaged. Right. So our concern was, what if... When we finally do get there, we can't visit mm-hmm. Machu Picchu, so that was on our list. Last year, we took an absolutely amazing trip to Ecuador and the Galapagos Islands. Galapagos, in particular, because uh, there, you know, there are species that are going extinct, even though they are regulating everything there. The world is changing; the environment's changing. Right. So that was super high. This year we did Thailand. Um, one of the main reasons is because there is, you know, it might just be a theory, it may not be true, but they're worried about over-tourism. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that even though we went in what is considered the off-season, and I've got lots of that on my website because I really, truly believe in off-season travel, um, or shoulder season, as I wrote in... Um, a local magazine here refined kingston it was busy if if you don't like massive crowds any time of year is going to be difficult so right. that's sort of how i think people should look at it what is it you're going to be really disappointed if you don't get to see it right. because it's no longer there or you know they're limiting the people or whatever mm-hmm. so
0: so that's one particular criteria yeah. you should have a look yeah. at. Yeah. Okay. Me, yeah. We have run out of time on the program, but uh, I do appreciate the time you have given us. And if people want more information, uh, just the kinds of things that you do and, and your experiences with respect to travel, they can go to your website, which is called Voyage Writers.
1: Yeah, it's VoyageWriters.com. And uh, if you want to hear any of the clips that are on Pop can Radio, you can go to PopCanRadio.ca or... Click on the podcast tab on my website, and it's there.
0: And there's all kinds of things to listen to. Great. There is. Thank you, Laurie.
1: Thank you very much. Always love to talk about travel.
0: Theme music for the program is Stasis Oasis, a tune written and performed by Kingston musician Jim Aylesworth. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about any of our episodes, please send a note to the Kingstonian Podcast Facebook page. This is Dave Cunningham from Kingston, Ontario. Thank you for listening. Until next time.